0: Enjoy the message. You know, God in the Bible is revealed to us in the role and in the relationship of a father. We know God because he is powerful. We know God because he is omniscient. But we know God because he reveals to us in the role and in the relationship of a father. Let me share a few verses with you. Look at what 1 John 3.1 says. It says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. And then Romans 8, 15 says the following, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. And Jesus, Jesus taught the following, right? We're we're all very familiar with this passage. In Matthew 6, 9, he said, this is then how you should pray. How should we pray? How should our prayer start? With our Father in heaven. So as fathers, we have this amazing role and privilege to be able to help our kids to know how great of a father God is. That is an amazing responsibility, but I also think it's an amazing privilege to be able to show our kids, to be able to help our kids know God And to know how great of a father he is. Now I know this privilege, this responsibility raises a question in the minds of many. Well, what does a great dad look like? If our role is to be able to model what God is like and God is great, then what does a great dad look like? You know, if we ask 20 different people to make a list of the qualities, of the characteristics that make up a great dad, we would have 20 different lists. But we're blessed because as followers of Jesus, we are going to let God's word tell us not only what a great father looks like, but what the great father looks like. And in Psalms 103 verses 8 through 11, look at what David tells us. Let's read it together. It says, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. It is often said that mothers reflect the unconditional love of God. Well, fathers reflect the character of God. We get to reflect what God is like. And if you want to be a great father, which I believe you do, then as a father, you need to reflect the qualities of the father, the the qualities of God. I want to show you two pictures. This first picture is a picture of my three kids. My oldest, Macy Lee, then Kaylee, and my pride and joy, my little boy, Nathan. And I love this picture because this picture uh, says a lot about their character. Macy Lee is, has been such an ideal uh, baby and, and Kaylee, our middle one, she's, she's so unique. She's so herself. And then my little boy, well, uh, the picture says it all. But you know, I show you this picture, not only because I'm proud of them and because I think they're wonderful kids, but I show you this picture because you can see that my kids look like me especially the boy. Let me show you another picture of just me and my boy. He looks like me. He's a good looking boy. And you know, you can see him and see that he reflects physical characteristics that are visible in me. You can tell there's no doubt that he's my boy because there's a resemblance. There's a reflection of me in him. Now, he's not ready to date yet, so I know he's good-looking like his dad, but he's not ready. But, you know, I tell you that because while the Bible speaks of God as having a face, ears, mouth, and eyes, you need to know that when the Bible speaks of those things, it speaks metaphorically. Because God does not have a physical body. In fact, John 4, 24 tells us that God is a spirit. And in Colossians 1.15, we read that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. So to look like God, I'm not talking about a physical uh, reflection. I'm not talking about physical qualities. Because while we don't know what God looks like, we do know what God is like. And that's exactly what Psalms 103 says tells us. It tells us what the father is like. And I want to use Psalms 103 to encourage you dad to be a great dad, to be the type of dad your kids need, to be the type of dad that your kids want to be around, to be the type of dad that you want to be, to be the type of dad that is a blessing. But most importantly, the type of dad that reflects the father, that reflects God, Now, dads, I want you to know something. Throughout this sermon, I'm not going to bash you because I'm with you. I'm a dad like you. And you know, preachers, and I've been guilty of this, preachers tend to praise moms on Mother's Day, but then we tend to correct dads on Father's Day. And I'm not going to do that. I want to encourage you. I'm in your team. I want us to win. And I want you to know that you matter. I want you to know that you have value. I want you to know that you have a purpose. And I want you to know that you don't have to feel like a deadbeat, that you don't have to feel insignificant, that you don't have to feel like you don't matter. I want to tell you that you do. And that is why God chose to reveal himself in the role and in the relationship of a father. So I want to work with you. And I want us to look at God's word on how to be a great father. Now in Psalms, In Psalms 103, what we just read, David identifies four qualities of God that can make us great fathers. What are they? Well, the first is that great fathers have a long fuse. Second is that great fathers have a short memory. Third, that great fathers have thick skin. And fourth, that great fathers have a big heart. Let's look at each one, one by one, and I believe that this is going to bless your life. Number one, great fathers, the first quality of a great father is that great fathers have a long fuse. Great fathers have a long fuse. David begins by telling us what God is like, and he says, God has a long fuse. Look at what verse 8 says in Psalms 103. It says, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry. You know, as fathers, we're going to need a long fuse to be great fathers to our kids. Because isn't it true that our kids will test us and do test us? And you know, I'm, I'm with you on here. And I think we can be guilty and we are guilty of forgetting what it was like to be our kid's age. To make the mistakes that they are making now. And if we're gonna be great fathers like the father, then we're gonna need a long fuse. And the key to having a long fuse is identified in verse eight, and it's compassion. That's what David says about God. He says God is compassionate. And consequently, because he's compassionate, he is slow to get angry. Look at what Jesus said in Luke 6, 36. He said, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Now he's not talking about our earthly fathers, but he's talking about our heavenly father. What's compassion, Pastor Nestor? Well, compassion is walking alongside someone. And God is compassionate. He promised to never leave us nor forsake us. He's sympathetic to our suffering, to our challenges. He sees our distress. He sees our struggles. And his compassion is much more than mere sympathy. God just doesn't feel what we feel. His compassion compels him to take action. You know, God's compassion, God's sympathy for us in our state of loss, in our state of pain, in our state of sin, It's clearly and best illustrated because he sent his son to die for our sins. He didn't have to, but he willingly did it because he's a compassionate God. You know, walking alongside our children is gonna allow us to be great fathers. Our kids need us to walk alongside them. Dads, we minimize the enormous impact that we as males, as fathers, have on our kids. But in order to walk alongside our kids, we're going to need a long fuse. And you don't need me to tell you this. You know this. You know, compassion, having a long fuse, is going to keep you from living a life that you'll regret in your older days. Because having a long fuse is going to allow you to enjoy your kids. It's going to allow you to help your kids, to walk with your kids, to be there for your kids, not to just endure them. You know, I'm reminded in one occasion where my dad was, and this is one of the most engraved memories I have of my dad. In one occasion, when I was in elementary, we were playing kickball. It's kind of like baseball, but like soccer mixed. And um, it was my turn to pitch. And the teacher ended up giving my spot to a girl. And I got so upset, I cussed at the teacher. She didn't hear me. But as I was going back to second base, I cussed at her. And the girl that was going to pitch, she ratted on me. She went and told the teacher that I had said a bad word to her. Well, she called my dad. They called my home and my mom answered. And they suspended me for a couple of days. When I got home from school, my mom said, when your dad gets home, he's going he's gonna to let you have it. And you know what? My dad was the type of dad that did discipline us physically. And now as an adult, I know that my dad disciplined us, but he never abused us. And I remember I was scared. I was so scared because I knew that I was going to get it when my dad got home. You know, that evening when my dad got home, my mom told him what had happened. And he pulled me out of our house. And he opened the door to the car, which I was confused by then. Okay, what's going on? He's not going to hit me inside the car, right? He got in the driver's seat and he asked me to sit in the passenger seat. And instead of hitting me, he spoke to me. And he spoke to me about respecting my elders, even when they're not fair, even when they don't do what is right. You know, I'll never forget that. My dad at that moment showed a long fuse and that stayed engraved in me. And times when my kids get on my nerves because they do, as wonderful as they are, I am reminded of what my earthly dad did. But I'm also reminded that my heavenly father is even better than my earthly father. So the first quality of a great dad is that great dads have a long fuse. The second quality of a great father is that great fathers have a short memory. Great fathers have a short memory. The second thing that David tells us about God is that he has a short memory. Look at what verse 8a and 9 say. It says, the Lord is merciful. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. Pastor Nestor, what do you mean by short memory? Well, what we mean by short memory is that you're willing to let things go that you're willing to move past what happened, that you're willing to forget, but most importantly, that you're willing to forgive, that you're willing to let bygones be bygones. You know, it's not a secret that those that we love the most are the ones who will hurt us the most. Without a short memory and without being willing to let go and forgive, we are not going to be able to have a relationship or at least not a healthy one. In order to have good relationships we're going to need to forgive. And in order to forgive we're going to need a short memory. And David tells us that God has a short memory. Now, that doesn't mean that God has a forgetful mind. But what that means is that he willingly puts the wrongs that we do behind us. That he's willing to move on. And you know, it's so wonderful that he would do that because look at what Psalms 130 verse three tells us. It says, Lord, if you kept the record of our sins, who, oh Lord, could ever survive? Isn't that true? Isn't it true that if God kept record of our wrongdoing, we couldn't stand before him, we couldn't survive? And you know, God is a great father because once we seek his forgiveness, he forgives us and he doesn't keep accusing us. He doesn't keep bringing the past. He chooses to have a short memory regarding the sins that he has forgiven. Reminds me of two guys that were talking and a guy complained to his friend. And he said that whenever he argued with his parents, they got historical. And his friend said, no, 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 wait a minute. You mean hysterical? And his friend said, no, historical. Because every time we argue, they bring up the past and they remind me of every time that I fell them in the past. You know, we are guilty also of that. Don't we often do that with our kids? Our kids do something wrong and we remind them how many times before they've done that. How many times they've promised us that they wouldn't do that and they keep doing it. And we often allow past sins to determine how we treat them and how we relate to them today. You know, being a father is a big blessing. I really believe that. One of my favorite roles is that of a father. Because it is a big blessing. It's filled with joys and it's filled with laughters And it's even filled with fun moments. But being a father is also costly. It's costly. It comes at a great price. And perhaps the biggest cost is not financial, although it's close. But the biggest cost as a father is emotional. Because as fathers, we need to make emotional investment in our kids. Our kids need our affirmation. They need our encouragement. They need our expression of love. And most of all, our kids need our forgiveness. Our kids need our forgiveness. You know, at some point in every father's journey, we are going to have to offer what feels like a very costly, a high price forgiveness. Because after all, our kids are sinners, aren't they? My kids, as beautiful as you saw them. Oh man, let me tell you, they're really good sinners. Just like me. And your kids, they're sinners just like you. And I believe that our kids are growing up in a world where it's much harder to be a follower of Christ. They're dealing with things that maybe you and I didn't have to deal with. And they're dealing with sin at a higher level and at an easier um, access to it. And as fathers, we have hopes and dreams for our kids. But sometimes sin can keep them from realizing those dreams that we have for them, those dreams that God has for them, those dreams that we believe about them. And what are we going to do when that happens? What are you going to do when your kid goofs off in high school and he's not able to graduate and attend college like he should? What are you going to do when your daughter gets pregnant or your boy gets his girlfriend pregnant? What are you going to do when your son gives up on a sport that he could excel in? What are you going to do when your son walks away from the faith for a moment because he's distracted by the world? Are you going to withhold your love for them to some degree? You know, the Bible tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. And it's hard to love if we don't have a short memory. And I pray that if that happens and when that happens, that we as parents, especially as fathers, would seek the wisdom of God and that we would receive the strength to have a short memory, to be able to be great fathers. The third quality of a great father is that a great father has a thick skin. Great fathers have thick skin. The third thing that David tells us about God is that God has thick skin. Look at what verse 10 says. It says, he does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. You know, we're all guilty of getting angry and dealing with our kids in a harsh way. I think regardless of whether they're, you know, kids, teenagers, or adults, they can get to us. They can get under our skin. And that is why if we're going to be great fathers we need to have a thick skin. Now, you know what the secret, what the key to having a thick skin is? It's patience. Patience will allow you to have a thick skin so that you do not treat your kids harshly. The Bible, the biblical word for a thick skin, it's forbearance, it's patience. And David tells us that God has a thick skin. That God doesn't easily get angry. Does God get angry? Yes. But listen, God puts up a great deal. God puts up with so much before he reaches his boiling point. And we as earthly fathers ought to imitate our heavenly father and do the same. You know, over over and over again, the Bible tells us that the reason that God exercises such patience, that the reason that God has such thick skin is that because he's hoping that you and I as sinners, that we would take advantage, that that we would embrace his grace so that we would turn from our sin, seek his forgiveness and begin to obey him. God is patient not because he agrees with our sin, but because he loves us, because he wants us to have opportunity after opportunity to embrace his grace, to seek his forgiveness and to begin to obey him. Now, the truth about you and me as parents, as adults, as human beings, is that most of us, we make the mistake and we abuse God's grace. And we think that God is not concerned with our disobedience, and he is. God is very concerned with our disobedience, but he's graceful because he has a thick skin. So let's not confuse his patience by thinking that he's okay. No, he loves us and he has a thick skin. Now, when you and I sin, God has every right to get angry every time you and I mess up. But he doesn't. He doesn't get angry every time. And he doesn't lash out at us. And he doesn't treat us harshly. So you and I. I want you to know that you don't have to get angry every time. Now there are times when anger is the proper response. There are times. There are times when our kids will do things where anger is the proper response. And even then we need to be careful and learn not to stay angry. Listen. Anger in its, in its totality is not a bad thing. There's righteous anger. There's proper anger. There's anger that at times is the proper response. But anger is always dangerous. It's easy to sin when we're angry, isn't it? It's easy to hurt our kids when we're angry. It's easy to crush the spirit of our kids when we're angry. And perhaps the most important thing about anger is that when we're angry, we cannot do the right thing. We cannot do the good thing. At least that's what James one twenty says. Look at whatever, what James one twenty says. It says, if you're angry, you cannot do any of the good things that God wants done because anger is dangerous. And it's impossible to be a great father if we're constantly getting angry. And if we easily get angry, that's why we need a thick skin. But the last quality, the fourth quality of a great father is that a great father has a big heart. A great father has a big heart. And the fourth thing that David tells us about God, and this is something that we ought to know, is that God has a big heart. Look at what verse 11 says. It says, for his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heaven above the earth. How great, how big is God's love for us? How big is God's heart? Well, as high as the heavens are above the earth. If you and I, if we want to be great fathers, we need a big heart. We need to learn to express love to our kids. Dad, we need to be able to tell our kids we love them. You know, I know that love is one of those qualities it's attributed to mom. Moms are known for their unconditional love, for their amazing love. But I think it's also important that love be one of those character traits of fathers as well. Loving and expressing love as a father to our kids is necessary. Now I know, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm speaking to myself too. Dad, I know That love and expressing love does not come naturally to most men. There's some of you that you're fortunate enough where it's so easy. You know, I got a brother who he's already going to be 30 or he's already 30. I forgot how old he is. That when he sees me, he comes and he hugs me and he kisses me. And I'm like, dude, relax. You're not my wife. But it comes natural to him. But I know that for most of us, it doesn't. And that's why the Bible tells men. He says, love your wives. Because as fathers, as men, love is something that we have to learn. Do you remember when you brought your first kid home? Do you remember when you brought your first child home? You know, to your wife, it seemed as, as if she knew what she was doing. It, it came natural. But for us, for men, it's something that we have to learn. Now fathers, the love of a father needs to be different from the love of a mother it doesn't have to look the same but love from a father has to reach his children you know as a father we can love our kids by playing with them by laughing with them by comforting them in their distress and at times the love of a father is encouraging them to overcome their fears Sometimes the love of a father is in the shape of a coach that has encouraged them to go out and be what God called them to do. You know, I think it's sad that we have arrived to a time in our culture when there's so much incest and perversion that as dads, we're not even sure how to express love to our kids anymore. Many dads are afraid to embrace their kids because of all the perversion that we see. And dads, we need to change that. We need to change that. You know, I try to make it a habit to at least every day, once a day, tell each of my kids that I love them. And I love looking at them in their eyes and saying, Kaylee, I love you, you're so beautiful. I love looking at my boy and saying, Nathan, I love you. And I kiss my kids, even my little boy. Because I want them to grow up knowing that receiving the love from their dad is something natural. Fathers, dads, our love to our daughters is one of the most essential things they need. If we love them right as a father, they're not going to go after some knucklehead, you know, that's going to love them for the wrong reasons. Now, you may be saying, well, pastor, I didn't grow up in a home where a dad loved me. I don't know how to love as a father. Well, you've heard us say this before. This is something that I've heard our senior pastor say, and it's so true. The key to loving others is to first allow yourself to be loved by God. If you didn't have a good earthly father, well, let me tell you that you have a great heavenly father. And that when you experience his love, his love is so uh, abundant, so powerful. That when you are filled and touched by his love, you're going to be compelled and equipped to love others. And to reflect the love of God to others, you first need to experience the love of God. So a great father has a long fuse, a short memory, a thick skin, and a big heart. But look at what verse 13 of Psalms 103 says. And here's how I would like to conclude today. David says about God, the Lord is like a father to his children. The Lord is like a father to his children. The most important thing to be a great father is to be a child to the great father. And God is willing to be your father. He's willing to help you be a great father. But he first wants you to embrace him as your heavenly father. Now you may have never had an earthly father with the quality traits that we just mentioned. But let me tell you, you can't have a heavenly father with those qualities. And you can be secured in his love. You can be secured in his relationship. I'm reminded of a story that happened in 1992 in the Olympics of Barcelona, Spain. In 1992, in the Olympics that were taking place in Spain, the World Watch, as a a parable of a father's love, was played out in international television. As the gun sounded for the 400-meter race, Great Britain's Derek Redmond knew that his lifelong dream of winning gold in the 400 race was just before him. And when the gun uh, blew, he began his race and and he was doing well. But as he reached the, the, the end of the race, as he was reaching the back stretch of the race, Redman was interrupted by the ripping pain of a torn hamstring. By an act of sheer will, he struggled in excruciating pain. And he began hopping towards the finish line. His dream of winning gold was far gone. Gold was not possible, but he still wanted to finish. And with pain in his leg, he began hopping towards the finish line. Suddenly, Derek's father, who found himself in the stands, he went past the security. He ran to his son. He wrapped him in his arms. And with his voice breaking, he whispered to his son's ear and he said, come on, son, let's finish this together. The crowd cheer and wept as they watch this father embrace his wounded son and helping him get to the finish line. You know, I don't know where you are in the race of the father. I don't know how you're doing. If you're winning, if you're falling behind or if you've fell behind. But I wanna tell you that there's a heavenly father who's willing to wrap you in his arms and help you finish strong. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus name, amen. Congratulations, if you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.